0: On this episode of the BYO Nano podcast, the world is opening up again, and there's a lot for small brewers to be thinking about. And we're going to get into it with our guests. This is John Hall, and welcome to the BYO Nano podcast. Episode 18 Summer is upon us, vaccine numbers are up, restrictions are lessened, and customers are thirsty. What did we learn over the last 15 months? What does the future hold for beer? And how can you get on the road to success and profitability? My guests this month have some thoughts and insight. Audra Gazunas is the owner of Brewed for Her Ledger, a management consultancy firm focused on providing guidance to the craft brewing and cider communities. And Paul Leone is the executive director of the New York State Brewers Association. I'll talk with them in a moment. But first, however, I'm happy to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Arrived. Arrived Point of Sale is your mobile, flexible solution for providing the best possible guest and staff experience. Experience. Go to Arrive.com and set up a free customized demo with an Arrive consultant and see how a point of sale can make all the difference in your guest experience, staff satisfaction, and bottom line. A switch to Arrive will save you time, money, and headaches. Tracy Barduggan from Firemaker Brewing in Atlanta says, I cannot recommend Arrive enough. Killer customer support, affordable. Ability to start tabs without holding cards. Keeps track of ounces sold for state reporting. Two different ways to report tips. The list goes on. It's amazing. Arrive.com. That's A-R-R-Y-V-E-D.com because there's no I in arrived. And we're also sponsored by Blickman Pro Brewing. Check out the latest addition to the Blickman Pro Brewing Equipment lineup, skid-mounted brew houses, available in 5 to 15 barrel capacities. These production brew houses are designed for flexibility, engineered for performance, and built for growth. Experience the convenience you want from a name you trust at a price you wouldn't expect. Visit BlickmanPro.com to learn more. And save the date. The fourth annual NanoCon Online takes place December 3 and 4 of this year, with two days of more than 30 seminars and workshop for the Nano Craft Brewing segment. Be sure to mark NanoCon Online on your calendar or sign up now and save $100. Learn more at BYO.com, and I'll see you there. After more than a year of uncertainty and life moving slowly for a lot of us, things have picked up speed in the last few weeks. Taprooms are reopening for inside service. Customers are buying beer for parties. Draft beer is coming back to accounts. Where do we go from here? How do small brewers make the most of this time and get on better footing for the future? There's a lot to discuss, so let's dive in. Paul spoke to me from New York. Audra is in North Carolina, and they joined me over Zoom. Thank you both for being here. and. Andre, right before we went on, we were talking that you you've been traveling again, which which I, I know you enjoy because you you talk about how much you love being out in the world after 15 months of COVID and restrictions and wary. Uh, you've made a few trips now. What have you seen is different now that you're in in, in person at places again uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to, to small breweries in, in the U.S.?
1: Well, I'm seeing a little bit, uh, well, tap rooms have maybe open without restrictions now, but I'm seeing people aren't coming back as quickly. Now, this is the general public, this is consumers. Um, so a sales sometimes are lower. I'm seeing some lowered sales than expected, given that we're at 100% open in many of the states. So consumers are still a little bit wary to come out. They're still trying to figure things out. It's almost like you've been in the dark for so long and somebody's flung the door open for you to to run out into the sun and you're just trying to keep some shade over your eyes as you're trying to blink through and figure out what your path is going to be. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing people coming back, but they're not coming back at the speed that uh, we would like. And I am seeing some struggles with cadence and production um, overall, especially within the packaging side of smaller operations. You know, they had expected to do X and they're doing Y and they're trying to just basically get a control over that. Um, it's causing a little bit of confusion. And then you throw in some PPP funds and some idle money in there. And um, all of a sudden, there's all this all this cash that they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with and not sure. Well, do we put it towards leadership? Do we just buy more ingredients right now without having gotten the control over? the cadence of their new normal of operations as it so is. So I see from both the production side, as well as the consumer side.
0: Paul, <laughs> uh, as you've been talking to your members over the last um, couple of weeks, where have the conversations been been trending? What, what have, what have people been excited about? What are they worried about? Is it consistent with what Audra was just saying? Are there.
2: Uh, the mix? It- In New York, it's shedding the fog of confusion. Um, You know, we were on such tight lockdown here um, in New York. The rules um, were coming out fast and furious and and they were changing. And uh, it got very confusing during the pandemic. And and it's sort of equally confusing coming out of the pandemic. So uh, I think, you know, in New York, um, you know, you had to have food, um with beer and that was something that especially the small brewers who didn't have kitchens had to deal with and then you couldn't stand and drink and there were a lot of silly things um you know in my opinion that were were forced on them and and there were stiff fines for for not following those and so um as we come out of this um and you know i think with a lot of brewers they still want to do the right thing they still have um you know a little bit of um you know, they still are very nervous about, oh, are we doing the right thing? And can people stand and can they, and so they're, as they're trying to discover this, um, you know, when they're knowing that they're not gonna get fined, um, they're starting to get busier and they're starting to get freer with their with their mindsets and what they're opening and what they're doing. And and most of, you know, in New York anyway, um, they're busy and they're really busy and, um, you know, and they don't always have the staff that they need right now to, to keep up. Um, you know, and that, that you know, in production, right, some days, some weekends, um, you know, you can't get into the place. And, and then some days, um, you know, there, nobody comes. And, and to Audra's point, I think there is still that hesitancy um, for some people. So outdoor spaces definitely rain over indoor spaces, but yeah. um, indoor spaces are starting to fill again. Uh,
0: Rain is not what you want with the outdoor spaces. I know it's a different spelling, but still. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: you, 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 sorry, I'm here, for, I'm here for the dad jokes. All right. Um, it's just <laughs> that was the sound it. of everybody turning off their radio. Um, <laughs> you, you you brought up staffing, though, and this has been, I think, the dominant conversation that's been happening in social media and, and certain news stories um, of the hospitality industry having trouble finding good staff, uh, bringing people back, uh, getting people to come back. Um, some people just moved on during the pandemic and left hospitality. And uh, there's been some horror stories that have been shared, but also just you know, people, I, I, I don't fully know um, why, why the challenges exist. Um, do, do either of you have a sort of a handle on what the staffing situation is for for breweries either in your state or audra from you know people that you've been talking with um and meaningful ways towards how to resolve and resolve this and get back onto better staffing
1: yeah here in asheville even just locally uh, before even going into the larger span from which of, of the people from which i work uh we have had a labor shortage, and we're seeing just higher, higher dollars per hour being paid, sign-in bonuses, a greater number of benefits. Um, that you know, that's going to be a short-term kind of band-aid solution. I think it's just giving us an opportunity to really sit back as leaders and look at how we're operating our business overall. You know, the hospitality industry traditionally is very much top-down very hierarchical directorial you know you're you're managing from a culture of authority top down and people are expected to listen to you and sometimes that can result in a culture of fear um and you know don't you don't want to do things incorrectly you know for the fear of some sort of repercussion but i think this this big shift in this pandemic has given us an opportunity to look at ourselves and start to transform our organizations from that of traditional to more of a servant type of role with uh, opportunities to offer our employees professional development, more professional development. This is a great time to start working on aspects of open book management and starting to work that into our culture. I mean, I could talk about this for like, 20 minutes (laughs) by itself but um in short i think this has been a great opportunity for us like i said to to step back and look at how we've run businesses in the past and it's been a coaching moment for ourselves and an opportunity for us to shift in how we lead and offering um who it is that we're going how all the way from retention a recruiting and retention to going forward how is it that we want to treat our employees what kind of development opportunities are we going to offer them so yes um, shortages are definitely there and it's given people some time to think about well am might Am I running the business the right way to begin with if I'm having that many issues in hiring people back or having people to come back? Where's the loyalty? How do I generate that loyalty? How, how do I pick those right people coming back?
0: Well, have you been having these conversations or hearing from your members on similar things?
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, everything Audra said. Um and and also, you know, there's a variety of reasons why I think there's a lot of staffing issues. Um, you know, I, I I think part of it is too and I don't know if Audra, if you've seen this or not, but I think a lot of folks that were involved in the brewing industry um, you know, um, some of them just don't didn't want to come back anymore. They've moved on. They they're, they're yeah. doing other things and and even, you know, our fellow guild directors, a lot of guilds I look at photographs of all of us together um, at GABF or CBC, and um, from pre-pandemic, and, and I would say a good third are, are no longer in, in even in the craft beer industry anymore. Like they've just moved on, and and so that plays into it as well. Um, Boy, I tell you what, there's never a better time than right now to get into the brewing industry if you want, um, yeah. for sure.
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot of openings to to, to get Correct. in, but but does that also speak to just how difficult this industry has been all along and it took the pandemic to have some people actually stop and think about you know their mental health or their physical health or you know best practices or you know were they spending their time at places you know that that they liked um and that they you know they they felt good about. I mean, we hear, you know, about craft beer being a community all the time. But um, it's also very hard and customers uh, in hospitality are often very difficult uh, and super demanding. And it can be it it can be a tough thing. Um, Were these just things that had always been bubbling underneath the surface, and it just kind of took the pandemic to have some people realize that they wanted a career change?
1: I feel that is that's definitely the case. I know plenty of people who, you know, you, you're expected to put up with a certain amount of X, you know, from your customers and bullshit. just in general. Yeah, this is definitely bullshit. It, it, but it was just accepted as part of what it is that you are a part of. You've chosen that path. Um, the tips are usually very good, you know, but you're, it comes with the bullshit, like you said, that goes along with it. And the pandemic will give them opportunity to go like, why, why? I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to do this anymore. I did it. I got too, too comfortable in a rut or whatever it may be, but definitely people are like, I'm, I'm enough. Enough is enough. And uh, something has to change. And if the culture of this doesn't change, or if, the customer doesn't change. Why do I have to deal with that anymore? I'll go find some place where I'm appreciated.
0: That's what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, Paul, from, from talking to, to your members, and I'll also point out that during the pandemic, I mean, one creation uh, that happened during the pandemic was the Association of Brewers Guild Professionals, um, all of the the various state guilds getting together and uh, talking and uh, pooling resources and, and sort of being an advocate group for each other. Um, when we think about just member breweries, are there different conversations that you hear happening of, okay, like we're having a tough time getting folks, we need to look a little bit inward. Where do we start?
2: Yeah, it depends. It's funny. New York is such a a big state and such a, uh, you know, in such a diverse way, um, in some parts of the state. Yes. Um, you know, I this is a uh, this industry is um, it's hard as you said. It's really hard as you both have said, and um, I feel like those people, uh, those people that do it. You know, owning a brewery is really hard, and it's very glamorous on the surface, um, but it's really not a glamorous job at all. Um, and and I think that if if you got to have a passion to be in this industry, and and I think a lot of folks maybe thought they did, and then the pandemic made them rethink, and um, they're just not coming. Back to it as quickly, um, um, you know, and and so it, it's it's wide and varied in New York State um, in terms of why pe- people can't find people. Uh, some of it's you know money. I think most breweries in New York State, if they could, were paying people fifteen dollars an hour before the pandemic. You know, they always mm-hmm. take breweries take great pride in paying their people well, and and for the most part, trying to treat their people well. Although I know that's not you know universal um, as we found out recently, um, but. Yeah. Um you know it it, it just breweries have, have always tried to be places where you know you're you're passionate about being there and you're a passionate group and you you fight like family and you hug like family and 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 you move on from things and you grow a business and um I think the pandemic um sort of just made everybody step back a little bit and some people went away and and um you know hopefully some new folks will come in I'm obviously paying people a living wage and
0: Paying them what they're worth and and you know, helping them survive and thrive uh, is, is critically important. Um, but Audra, in 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 your thought, as owners start to look inward a little bit more and say, okay, well, how can I actually foster you know, a better community? And we'll talk about consumers in a second, but you know, just from within a, a brewery's own small brewery's own four walls, where do you recommend they start thinking first?
1: Uh, it comes from the recruiting process, from the very beginning, from recruiting and identifying which aspects of your culture, of the brewery culture, the, the fabric of your own existence and strategy that you want to emphasize. So looking for those traits that are that can be reflected within your own brewery's value system within people. Um, I think about how I got hired at Dogfish Head back in 2009 was that uh, the uh, the candidate that I was against, so to speak, competing for the position, uh, was a lot more experienced, a lot more technically savvy than I was. But I remember that Sam and Mariah and Nick, Ben's their CEO at the time, CEO at the time had mentioned that I was chosen because I was the quirky one. It wasn't the knowledge base so much of the technical side as it was the cultural fit, the being that quirky one, the one that likes to be uh, off-centered. <laughs> and I see that like that, that can be definitely a transferable thing that when you're looking at somebody's resume, it's not just their technical capabilities, but knowing your company and the values that you wanna espouse, what are we going to be? That's what you should be looking for within employees, not just so much the technical side of things. Technical things can be taught. And also looking beyond a person's CV or resume or background, like have they played team sports? Are they in club sports? Do they volunteer outside of work? Have they worked for a brewery or any other organization that has perhaps gone uh, you know, through ups and downs? Has it faltered at a, a point in time? Because these little things that nuances and things that are not necessarily on their CV and not technical aspects of the job really speaks to their loyalty, their engagement, teamwork, you know, ability to to play on a team and perhaps even perseverance. You know, if they've gone through tough times with another company, perhaps it was a nonprofit or another brewery that shows that they stuck with it through those tough times and they may be a great employee for you to bring on. As far as going past the recruiting really looking and offering ongoing education um opportunities clear paths for advancement really knowing the right benefits not everyone wants to have a 401k you know for some people paid leave is a much more important aspect especially within our industry when we need to have those mental health breaks and that time off yeah and taking some time to really ask questions to gain insights from employees. We haven't been asking enough questions, honestly. Um, I know many leaders from the breweries that I've audited, they may have been good managers, but not necessarily leaders because they're so embroiled in their own day-to-day work that they forget to ask these questions to gain insights from the employees. So. Empathy and understanding are a lot more important now than ever in our industry, given where we are post-pandemic. We need to know what our people are seeking and provide them those ideal learning and developmental opportunities that I don't think we have in the past.
2: I just want can I yeah. follow up yeah. real quick on what please, Audrey said? And I, yeah. and I think this is a great opportunity for for breweries. And, and she she hit it right on the head. You know, we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion efforts and things. <laughs> and and Dr. Jay, really, you know, um with the b a really hit a point um, during our conference of, you know, you, you need to rethink maybe of some of, you know, your your employment strategies, how you find the right candidates and, and you know, and how you advertise for the right candidates and, you know, maybe the, they don't have the, the exact experience that you need. But you know they might have a passion and they might be a great fit and um, and I think that this is a great opportunity for a lot of breweries if when looking for employees to to think that way. I love that story that Audra told and she told that story um, to us, uh, told me that story in, in March. You know that's a smart way of hiring people. Like she was a great fit and there's a lot of people out there like that and and I think what it does is it makes a, a it could make a brewery. Think differently. You know, you, the more diverse and, and you know, you, your staff is um, you know, the, your, your thinking can open up, you know, and and you become better as, as a brewery. I think this is a great opportunity to, to, for, for breweries to say, you know what, we need to start thinking outside of the box and, and hiring the right people to, to, to get there.
1: Well said, Paul.
0: I want to switch uh, gears. Cause I, 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 I Really love that insight. Um, and I want to switch gears to uh, the consumer side of the things briefly. But if you'll permit me, I just need to say a quick word from our sponsors before we continue on. Arrived Point of Sale is your mobile flexible solution for providing the best possible guest and staff experience. Go to arrive.com to set up a free customized demo with an arrived consultant and see how a point of sale can make all the difference in your guest experience, staff satisfaction and bottom line. And we're also sponsored by Blickman Pro Brewing. You should check out the latest addition to the Blickman Pro Brewing equipment lineup, skid mounted brew houses available in five to 15 barrel capacities. These production powerhouses are designed for flexibility, engineered for performance, and built for growth. Experience the convenience you want from a name you trust at a price you wouldn't expect. Visit BlickmanPro.com to learn more. And thanks to them for their support of this podcast. it's interesting. I I didn't really tie this in before I I read those two spots, but the the uh, guest experience uh, that that arrived was talking about. But guests are fickle. Guests are tough. Um, I think there's you know there there used to be that line that the craft brewing industry was you know ninety nine percent you know jerk free. Um, that numbers obviously dropped quite a bit. Um, you know, And as much as there are good fans and there's uh, people who are really just excited to be there for the beer, uh, there's also a lot of bad Yelp reviews and people take things way too personally and staffing shortages made you know, people cranky or they're they not used to being out in public again uh, and forgotten their manners. I've, I've been hearing horror stories from uh, brewers around the country. Um, this ties into mental health. This ties into the hospitality experience. but. As, as we think about sort of this great reset and getting back out there again, what's a conversation that brewers should be having with their customers, do you think for reasonable expectations on both sides and trying to at least ask for a little I don't know, patience, understanding, but also just humanity. Is this something either of you have been thinking about?
2: Yes. sorry yeah so so it's funny sorry (laughs) working with my well you know we I felt that stress and I was seeing a lot of it on social media um and you know that we we as a you know internally how do we help our breweries internally um get through this reopening process you know and and I think that we all came up with with a great hashtag that we we couldn't use and we didn't want to use is hashtag don't be an asshole and the reason why um, we were thinking that it was because people were coming back, at, you know, and these breweries were just trying to figure out how to how to manage reopening. And they were understaffed and and people were angry that they had to wait 45 minutes for a sandwich, you know, and putting up wow. these awful re- reviews. And and so, you know, we we uh, internally we created free signage for all the breweries and we didn't do the hashtag. Don't be an asshole. But but they, they had the same tone. Um, but in in a more polite way and and a lot of breweries, you know, plastered those up all over the place, which was one little thing that we did, but boy, a lot of them got, um, you know, people were, people were hard on them and and really unforgiving in in some cases that, you know, they were short staffed and, and, you know, they hadn't, they weren't at full production and all of a sudden they're open again and they were short on beer and, um, you know, it was hard And, and it still is. I mean, They're catching up, but it's not exactly great yet. I'm I'm
1: echoing on that. Yeah, definitely echoing on that. It's uh, coming up with messaging internally and having that spread through your from top down. So coming up with what the message is going to be, and really thanking customers for coming back, thanking them for being understanding. Um, if somebody is going to complains about slow time, say I'm, I'm really sorry, we've been short staff, we're doing the best we can. We really value your patronage, something along those lines. But coming up with what that messaging should be, and then really having that shared within all of the staff and just coming from a, a position of understanding as much as possible. Yes. Don't be an asshole as a customer. There's, there've been a few breweries that I've seen that have put signage out front saying right away, you know, as the customer walks in, thank you for understanding. Like here's some, an attention point. I want you to be able to read these five, six bullet points while you're waiting in line. Here's what's happening with us. Thank you for being with us. Something along those lines. So it softens the blow um, so to speak. Once they sit down, if they do have a less than seller experience, we are trying our best. We really, really are. And customers can be really tough and demanding. They're—I know that they're cranky because they've been cooped up inside the way we have a lot of, a lot of the time as well. And it's some places are masked, some aren't. You know, the restrictions are still varying. And um, trying to trying to communicate some kind of soft messaging out there. Look, asking for. Understanding and compassion. You know, we're all coming from the same kind of place. Our industry has just suffered a little bit more because we've lost so many people.
0: Yeah, it, I I like the soft touch, but I also wonder if the pandemic has reset things a little bit, where there's just not the same time or patience for you know the customer is always right or grin and bearing yeah. it kind of thing. And you know if. A little tough love or, you know, even just, you know, toughness of saying, you know, your money may be green, but, you know, we don't need to take this, you know, from you, you know, please leave and don't come back. Um, if if there's if there if there if there is a, a shift towards that uh, as well, of people just saying, you know, like, we've all been through enough, like we don't need to go through more um, right. and nipping some of those those bad customers in the bud.
1: I'm seeing that Anybody, as well. That was
0: just sort of like a jump ball, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I I, I have seen that. I have seen that approach as well, and it acts and it works um, as long as the messaging is firm and not insulting. You know, we don't you don't we don't need your money. That's fine. Go go away. We'll figure things on your own on our own. Uh, not so harsh, of course, but I have seen that approach work, and that surprisingly it brings in more support from a lot of other people instead so by putting a foot down you're gaining the respect by some others that decide to support you because you did put your foot down and say hey we deserve better than this you know if you're going to be treating our staff like crap go away and then making that stand brings other people in the door as a result of it so i have seen that happen too
0: Mental health was brought up before as well. And that's something that we've been talking a lot about uh over the last year. And you know, some brewers have been doing beers of, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And uh people are openly talking more and more about their their struggles with uh with with mental health. Um Paul, from from you know, a, a guild perspective, um there's more resources available now to brewers and to, to to breweries right to you know help people recognize signs to uh, encourage them to you know get help if they need it um, or just you know being able to talk to people if they if, if if they want.
2: Yeah, it was certainly messaging we pushed out during the pandemic and and I think even um, still and, and we still talk about it um, with our members and we, we try to as much as possible, to talk about it because it's still not over yet. I think that for a lot of folks, you know, they just put their head down for the last fifteen or sixteen months and and um, really spent no time on themselves. And, and it's just like it's just now hitting some people. Like some people think that this is over, and I think for some people they're just exhausted mentally. And um, you know, there are a lot of folks out there that are still at a breaking point, even though it feels like oh, it's all getting better now, you know, and and yeah. it's all opening up. And so we shouldn't take our foot off the gas. Um, when it comes to mental health at all during this. This took a toll on a lot of people in a lot of different ways, um, for sure. So we we definitely want to keep the messaging out there, you know, everybody deserves a vacation. And and that means a day off, you know, and brewers, brewers especially, don't really award themselves the time off that they need um mentally. And um it's not healthy. And, and so we've got to keep that messaging out that you have to take care of yourself. You you just have to.
0: I I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, and especially for, you know, small brewery owners where, you know, if you're wearing multiple hats, you're not just the brewer, but you're, you know, the, the everything as well. Um, stepping away can can seem almost impossible, but it's almost, you know, it's critically important to, I think, for the health of the business uh, and certainly your own health in the long term of just unplugging for a day or two or five. And yeah. Um, Audrey, have you been having those conversations as well?
1: Um, not as much so much because I'm more focused on the numbers side. So I have more pragmatic approaches. I appreciate the mental health aspect and I definitely fully support it. But when people reach out to me, they're asking me more about, well, can we start to create projections that are right size based on our current business model? And can you help us with our inventory par levels and, leveraging our technology so mine sounds so like cold <laughs> and aloof, <laughs> <a> <laughs> based on my role which is like not what we're talking about right now but you know if you have pragmatic if you're looking for pragmatic strategies I'm your gal <laughs>
0: well I, I I I mean that's actually a it's I mean it's it's not the best segue but it's yeah. it's something that I wanted <laughs> I wanted to get into um because you know People have been in survival mode for so long, and you know, while you can't take your foot off the gas, like it, it does feel like life is getting a little bit normal. You know, people are seeing each other again. There's parties without masks, etc. Uh, vaccines are uh, vaccine numbers are up. Um, as brewers, small brewers start to switch from survival mode during a pandemic to, you know, what does the next year in quote unquote normalcy? uh, look like two years, three years, five years, whatever. Um, Andre, where, where do you recommend they start having these internal conversations before they start, you know, reaching out to folks like you, um, you know, for, for, for outside help, what, what, where should their focus be for long, for longer term health and growth?
1: So medically speaking. Yeah, this is a great time to revisit your vision. So, understanding you know your mission statement never changes your vision can and it will you know as the industry evolves as your own business evolves so understanding what your vision is what it is going forward and start having these conversations about having more forward thinking activity projection creation thinking what it is that you want to do in the upcoming year and start to leverage your technology to its fullest a lot of us have these inventory management solutions and our point of sale solutions and we're using them but we're not really leveraging them then the power of the data that it shows us and by able to spend a little bit of time on that side it's almost like you're taking a a pause somebody needs to take a pause within the brewery step back make sure we're moving in the right direction but then also look at well, our inventory levels correct? Are um, our, our accounts correct? Are our par levels matching up where our new normal is? And really looking at inventory turnover, measuring it before the pandemic as a benchmark, and then keeping up with it within the new normal. So the way to right-size your inventory turnover is looking at your cost of goods. So what is selling now? At what cost is it selling now? And then gauge and adjust your inventory turnover to whats what it is selling and how it's selling. And then create the, creating these quarterly projections and goals for the next six to nine months as you're ramping operations back up. So I'm a huge fan of open book management as it is. And a big part of that is a lot of forward thinking conversations. And I work with my breweries in that respect in that we talk through what the upcoming 12 months are going to look like. And then we, after a quarter, we sit down and look at, well, yes, this is what's happened, but now we push another three months into the past the nine month mark. So we always have this rolling business management mindset and philosophy that I like to incorporate. You're always looking within the upcoming year so that you're preparing yourselves for whatever it may be, whether it's a ramp up, a ramp down, playing with what if scenarios but then you're mentally prepared for something that could occur um, should, should it occur in any direction, both positive or negative. So it's really and starting to instill financial literacy within your entire team. So if you yourself as a leader aren't very well-versed in financial literacy, now's a great time to either employ someone to help out with that, or give yourself some time for some personal development. Sometimes us as leaders, we as leaders, we need to step away from our day-to-day aspects, shift gears, and have our own time for personal development. And one of those areas can be financial literacy, just some basics of things that we could then bring back to our team, share with our team, and get them engaged in this whole projection creation process.
0: Paul, what about with with your members? What are you talking about for where, where you recommend their focus should be or where are they saying that they want their focus to be for for the next
2: well the one thing we learned during this pandemic um was how important direct to consumer yeah. is to folks i mean for in new york you know it was like illegal to to ship beer and deliver beer and do all those things and the governor um, early on made it happen for us via executive order and a lot of breweries learned how to do it um, and, and do it well. And so, um, you know, we, I think a lot of breweries, you know, that that's coming, whether the wholesalers like it or not, or whether the retailers like it or not, or, you know, that what it means to the three tier system. Um, but, uh, you know, this direct to consumer and, and how to take advantage of that, um, you know, they, they should start thinking about if they're not already.
0: And the guild, um, all of the various state guilds were direct to consumer and curbside and all of the other allowances that you got during the pandemic, um, there are now bills in front of legislatures and conversations happening uh, on various you know, levels of government right to, to keep this going right it worked during the pandemic, it can certainly work afterwards.
2: For sure. I mean, here in New York, you know, we, we, there, there is a way to do it legally um, to, to ship and deliver beer just by adding a license or two. And so, you know, instead of, of kicking, you know, bucking back and hurting our relationship with the wholesalers, which is good here in New York state. um, You know, we, we just pushed out information to the brewers to, you know, here's how to take advantage of this right now. And, and um, so there, you know, a lot of them are using that and, and, you know, continuing to, to stay alive. Yeah.
0: Well, brewers of all sizes should be paying attention to what's happening in their own state houses and uh, with their guilds to make sure things are moving forward and getting their consumers involved as well to have meaningful change um, come to all of this. Um, you know, let's get some good out of this pandemic, uh, even just if it's a little bit. Um, I'm mindful of Audra's time because she has to go teach a class in a few minutes. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, Audra, um, I wanted to ask, and it can't be one of your one of your clients, but now that the world is opening up again, where do you want to go for a beer that you haven't been able to for a while?
1: <laughs> I want to go to Russian River. I want to be able to uh, go out to Yosemite and go out to Central California and go out to Russian River and visit Natalie and Vinny and and have a beer out there and look at the beauty of our countryside that we do have, um, on the opposite coast. That is, uh, my goal for this year.
0: (laughs) Paul, same question to you, but not one of your New York state member brewers.
2: I, um, cannot wait to go to CBC in Denver, um, and, um, give all of my fellow guild directors a, a big hug, um, for helping me through this. Um, Gosh, it just yeah um, hits me just thinking about it. Like I, I just can't wait to go to Bierstadt, and I can't wait to go to all the breweries <laughs> that we would always visit together and just talk shop. Um, and I can't wait to see them in person. So, so that's coming. I know that's happening.
1: I'm stoked it- to see you too in person. Yay! I'll Yay! Be there. I know. Well, <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll be there. We'll uh, we'll all let's. We have to put in our orders for slow pour pills now. Uh, by the time September rolls around. So (laughs) I'll do that as soon as we hang up uh, and they'll be ready when we get there. But uh, thank you both for taking the time and for for being on the podcast this month and sharing some insights and getting us all moving in the right direction again. Well, thanks thanks for having
1: me, John. Yeah, appreciate it.
0: Before we go, I'd like to hear from you. What's been the biggest challenge and the greatest accomplishment for your small brewery over the last few weeks? You can email me nano at byo.com and I'll invite you to head over to byo.com slash nano podcast and subscribe to the newsletter, the magazine and catch up with great pro brewing content. New episodes of this show are released on the 15th of every month, so subscribe now and never miss a show when it's released. And you can also do us a favor by leaving feedback on your podcast platform of choice or by emailing nano at byo.com or checking in with us on all of the BYO social media channels. And I'm also happy to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Arrived Point of Sale is your mobile, flexible solution for providing the best possible guest and staff experience. Experience. Go to arrive.com and set up a free customized demo with an arrive consultant and see how a point of sale can make all the difference in your guest experience, staff satisfaction, and bottom line. A switch to arrive will save you time, money, and headaches. Tracy Barduggan from Firemaker Brewing in Atlanta says, I cannot recommend Arrived enough. Killer customer support, affordable ability to start tabs without holding cards keeps track of ounces sold for state reporting two different ways to report tips the list goes on it's amazing arrive.com that's a-r-r-y-v-e-d dot because there's no i in arrived And we're also sponsored by Blickman Pro Brewing. Check out the latest addition to the Blickman Pro Brewing equipment lineup. Skid mounted brew houses available in 5 to 15 barrel capacities. These production brew houses are designed for flexibility, engineered for performance, and built for growth. Experience the convenience you want from a name you trust at a price you wouldn't expect. Visit BlickmanPro.com to learn more. And save the date, The fourth annual NanoCon Online takes place December 3 and 4 of this year, with two days of more than 30 seminars and workshop for the Nano Craft Brewing segment. Be sure to mark NanoCon Online on your calendar or sign up now and save $100. Learn more at byo.com and I'll see you there. I'm John Hall, and you can still find me weekly behind the microphone on the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast, as well as Steal This Beer. Find those where podcasts are found, and I hope you'll tune in. Our theme music was created by Scott McCampbell, and we thank him for that. And once again, be sure to check out byo.com slash nanopodcast for all of your nano brewing needs. And for now, we wish you all the best for a small but successful brew day.